This is Digital Marketing Fast Lane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media. Here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey everybody, it's Kevin Rucia here on Digital Marketing Fastlane, joined with my co-host, Eric Philippou. Hey Eric, how's it going? Good, how are you? It's a nice day today, actually. Have you been outside there though? I go for walks a lot to burn some calories. I live right near the Jersey City waterfront, so it's always a nice walk there. Very nice, clear skies sometimes. You see the whole city, it's really nice. When are you going now, walking? I've been going walking in the morning at maybe 6 or 7 a.m. for like an hour. I just go whenever I can, but usually at nighttime. It's super safe in my area though. I'm the toughest guy in my neighborhood, so you know it's super safe. Today is Friday, December 11th. Today's podcast is about 2021 predictions. It's going to be a mix of consumer trends, consumer predictions, and of course, media buying things and e-commerce things and B2C things as well. Big thing too here from New York is all the restaurants are closing on Monday for indoor dining. Obviously, COVID is something that's still happening in December. My first prediction for 2021 is... Clearly, I think COVID is going to be over. I think the vaccine is going to be out. I think they're going to take it. And then, for at least for me, my thoughts on this are maybe in the winter, we're like still going to be scared about it. But I think it's going to be similar once summer hits, at least in New York and New Jersey, people are going to be so cooped up to go outside. People are going to say like, oh, I don't want the shot because they're scared. But then by that time, the nice weather hits, they'll be like, give me the shot. I just want to be better and go outside. I'm not sure what's going to happen. What you said sounds pretty. We'll come back and see what we're right or wrong. The first podcast during it in March, we were like, oh, it's going to be like a few weeks. We had that first podcast, few weeks. I still remember when you were in China, you're not coming to the office. You were like, why? That was crazy. Anyways, that's my first prediction. My second prediction, which this is a little bit more relevant to it right now because the news just came out and we were talking about it briefly, Eric. I see Facebook being broken up. I think that's kind of interesting to think about. I don't think it's going to happen maybe 2021 because obviously, if you know these companies, Facebook and Microsoft, these lawsuits, they last years. That's an interesting one for people to think about for their overall strategy. And at least for me, this prediction is more of like, I don't know if Facebook will get broken up, but I think this will help future startups because what's happening right now is Facebook knows that they're under the watch. They're not going to be just copying or cloning companies. The reason why Facebook was able to buy Instagram, Facebook was able to buy Face, WhatsApp is because all these apps, right? They connect to Facebook Connect, which is the API. And Facebook internally tracks the usage of all these APIs. And then when they see that the API is going up, then they see either buy it or copy it. So I think now that Facebook knows that you just can't do that because the government's watching you, there might be a little bit better. That's something to think about too for these big companies because stifled innovation. If you can't even grow because you're scared that a company like Facebook will come in and either buy you out or copy. And essentially that's what happened to Snapchat. If you look at the story about Snapchat, Facebook offered them $3 billion. They said no. And then within a few months, Pretty much Instagram with Snapchat. It's what it is. At the end of the day, the consumers really choose what they like the best. So all these people on the internet saying, oh, forget Facebook's evil. They're complaining about it on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, there's Twitter. There's For me, the more the issue is that let's say you're a company and yes, let's say you make a company, Eric, and you're okay, I want to grow it. Eventually, you just can't grow it because something like Facebook will just copy you. And essentially, that's a monopoly because they can know that they can just bring a feature and kill you. Example for this is think about Slack. Slack was supposed to be chat 
freedom from all these other big companies, Google, Microsoft, Salesforce, but even Slack, a company that has millions of users, they can't grow because companies look at Microsoft. What Microsoft do? Microsoft just literally duplicated their Slack into Microsoft Teams. Pretty much Slack was now, we're never going to do enterprise anymore because Microsoft owns enterprise. The users will choose, but the choice is so limited now because you just literally can't grow. I'm not sure how I feel about if Facebook has a monopoly or not. I was reading zero to one again recently about Google's like supposed monopoly, but the way they can frame it in certain ways, or maybe you'll see Facebook's going to start building an electric car soon. You never know what's going to happen. What I like is people are starting to take from an advertiser standpoint, I think it was that guy Jeremy San on Twitter said it might help advertisers because more platforms become more competitive. Maybe it'll lower CPMs. The government's trying to break up Facebook because monopoly, but then trying to push away things like TikTok. Listen, I don't know the politics of it. Maybe they're less likely to push away someone like TikTok or they want to help other. They're not going to be trying to oust other competitors of Facebook. TikTok's going to grow more because of that. And TikTok's massive, by the way. It's bigger than Snapchat, I think, now. The number two you got to be on. And that's yeah. another prediction for 2021, just the platforms. TikTok is going to be massive. We'll talk more about that. Do you have any other predictions? We can interlace our predictions too. But I think mm -hmm. TikTok, at least for me, my prediction is new platforms are going to arise. For me, it's going to be Fortnite, a great platform. Twitch, all these sort of game platforms. Obviously, TikTok, a great social media platform. For me, this is more of a general prediction. I think these new platforms are great for brands, different place to advertise, go to market because Twitch is seen for gamers, but gamers buy anything. Like they buy clothing, they buy shoes. Everybody's a gamer. The reason why PS5 sell out, everybody in the world plays games. That's why these platforms are interesting to me. Really interesting is companies like Fortnite have done this really well where they partner with celebrities, let's say like Travis Scott to have concerts and events. It'd be interesting to see how can a small business maybe partner with this if they make it available. I think another thing that people don't realize is that's why Facebook and Google make so much money. It's because anybody can go in and start advertising. Early back in the day, Snapchat, you had to have like a 20,000 starting budget. TikTok too. TikTok yeah. a year ago, minimum, I think 10K or 50K spend commitment. There were some restrictions and there were, the platform was not underdeveloped. And that's another trend that's going to happen. A lot of these platforms are just developing faster, whether it's a whole ad platform or even just like Zipify and unbalanced, they're just improving. The power to the entrepreneur is increasing in some aspects, even though they feel stifled maybe with someone like a giant Facebook. These platforms are realizing how companies like Facebook and Google make money. It's just by opening it up. Think about it. what if you can somehow hold a concert for your, your event in Twitch or wherever, and like yeah. get people versus like TikTok. Another prediction I have is general. I think with all these channels that are opening up, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, Google, Tracking is still going to be hard. It's already hard now with maybe two channels. Think about four or five channels. And of course, if anything, like Apple wants to block all tracking, that's just going to be an even harder thing to do. Another one I think it's going to be big and maybe someone can make it work really well is audio advertising or stuff with your audio, I think. How do you market with your audio? Just because we're on a podcast, when you're listening to somebody and they're talking, you feel more connected with them. When I listen to a podcast of some people I like, I feel like I know them. When they say something, oh yeah, I want to try that. 70 hours of them speaking. I haven't talked to some friends more than 70 hours in the last yeah. few I love audio stuff for me. And the last one I have is going to be like a mix of storytelling plus these content creators, YouTube, TikTok. These guys on YouTube or TikTok, they're becoming so popular. They're essentially celebrities. 
arguably bigger. I saw someone say, I think it was PewDiePie. Someone can verify this, but him and his news channel has more reach than mainstream media. Just think about that. A guy who just plays games, he has more, if you measure influence by reach, he's bigger than that. He started on YouTube. He's just a YouTuber. If you're thinking of partnering with an influencer, for example, working with someone who's a great content creator, who is, they're an influencer because of their content creation ability. Someone like PewDiePie or other cases, it's got Graham Steven and any of these celebrities who are maybe they're just a great YouTube channel. They're great to partner with because the content they're going to make for you is going to be much better than just some celebrity clearly reading something that you've seen in ads. It's almost laughable sometimes. You can get some really good content from it. They have a loyal fan base, and that's essentially what you're looking for. This sort of trend reminds me of very early Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the earliest superstar celebrity, right, for NBA. What did he do? Michael Jordan was ahead of his time because he knew that these companies were like, hey, Michael, advertise for us. But what he did was create the Jordan brand. He himself is now the brand and the business behind his stuff, which is similar to what LeBron does nowadays. Mm -hmm. All these athletes are realizing, instead of just taking my likeness, why don't you just give me part of the company because I can represent more. And it's worth the money because they just have so much yeah. fun. Think Conor about McGregor whiskey. Think about the Conor McGregor whiskey. Think about all these other celebrities that have done this. It just makes sense. These content creators are going to have more power. They just have the following. And sometimes we're like, oh my God, they're just a gamer, whatever, 100 million followers. I'm like, this is why companies go to Facebook because Facebook just says people. It's that they have attention. And what is advertising? You're fighting for attention. If you saw during COVID, e-commerce boomed. I saw some stats. And I heard people say stats. I can't verify them. But e-commerce before COVID accounted for like 10% of all purchases. And during COVID, it was 40% of all purchases in the U.S., People just adopted e-commerce more in their consumer habits. They're more likely to buy in e-commerce. And e-commerce, D2C e-commerce is kind of looked at the way like five or 10 years ago, if I wanted to be an entrepreneur, the first thing you think of is building an app, like a startup like that or the social network. Now, a lot of people, when they think of entrepreneur, they think of maybe a D2C e-commerce website. That being said, the competition is going to skyrocket in the yep. next few years. People are waking up how big e-commerce is in general. Everyone I know who's a very aggressive entrepreneur, like my cousins, they didn't know anything about technology. They're a lot older than me. They're like in their 40s. They weren't very aggressive about technology. Now they're getting very aggressive in things like Amazon. Before they were investing in real estate instead, just very aggressive entrepreneurs are starting to take e-commerce very seriously. That being said, it's so important. There's going to be so much more competition. If you're a new brand, if you have an influencer relationship, you have so much more authority at the top of the funnel. A really good example, Eric Sue last week, he has, just in his own business, he's built his personal branding to have so much authority in the marketing space. I think Snow Teeth Whitening, they clearly, and I don't know the specific numbers, I feel like they invest as much in influencer relationships as they do in creative because they have so many celebrities in their lineup more than any other brand I see. They're a great D2C brand in that sense. They're a good one to follow. That's an example of how you really should be approaching content in 2021. You want to put a significant budget significant portion of your content creation or your creative that you want to put out and advertise should involve influencers or really good content creators who I consider influencers, a few hundred thousand YouTube subscribers or something. That's a very serious thing you need to get really good authority in the top of the funnel, prospecting audiences, people who never heard of you. They've heard of your influencers and that's going to be really good. Yeah. Influencers and partnering, those, those are going to be very needed for this upcoming year prediction idea that we kind of always talk about too, is 
if you're doing a brand, you need to have some creative arm or creativeness to the company now. Nowadays, just starting a company with a product or service, it's boring. You need to actually design. It's, again, you need to be designed well, creative, photo shoots, video shoots. It's almost like if you were an entrepreneur, the same way you need in the mobile app era, you had to find someone who's a tech guy, a CTO. You want to find someone who's kind of a creative equivalent of that. If you're entering, entering the e-commerce space, the benefit of that is going to be massive. I got a couple others. Hold on with my list. First, I want to mention something that's not going to change. So a lot of people listening to this episode, or they just listen to this new year prediction style content, but you're probably listening because you want to see what skills should I focus on for the next year? You know, for a fact, what's not going to change. And that's going to be basic human nature. The things that address that like copywriting and good creative, those are things that are still going to be very important always. So if your copywriting game is not as strong, Improving that is going to make everything else easier. Now I break through advertising on my desk at all times. I've been going through that a few times. I've been focusing on that very aggressively. A good way to also stay up to date on that, something that does change is following culture. So what your audience is talking about, what new pop culture is happening. A good example is we're targeting video game users. So I use some gamer language, focusing what's the gaming culture like. It sounds kind of corny. But it's just how they talk. And instead of using typical marketing speak, I used some gamer language in my ad and the click-through rate was twice as high. The conversion rate was twice as high. CPA was super low compared to traditional marketing speak kind of ad copy. And it was just a no-brainer. You have to apply that. Some dad humor we're trying to apply because a lot of our customers are like that. You want to follow culture. It's as simple as following some meme pages on Instagram for your niche. Just stay up to date in the culture of your target customer. And you'll always know how to speak to them because just looking at the comments, what they comment on, on YouTube videos, the reviews that they leave on the products, that's your ad copy. Eugene Schwartz used to say he doesn't write ad copy. He assembles ad copy because he just pulls from so many sources that are already out there of how people talk, he just kind of assembles it in ways that make sense for an ad. So that's how you should think about copywriting in 2021 and beyond. Definitely going to help you in the next year. Knowing your customer, it will never change. Copywriting is a fundamental thing for any year. Another change I'm going to forecast, we say this every year, CPM is going to go up, CP competition is going to go up, costs are going up. And then I look at my ads manager year over year. Actually, CPMs went down this year. Maybe competition's increasing, whatever it is. This is our specific account. We're a unique kind of business. But in many cases, CPMs might go down because maybe you've been doing broader targeting this year or you're just doing things smarter. Just assume costs are going to go up and competition is going to go up just because or you're in that mindset. You're not as complacent. You're more likely to just be aggressive with the optimizations you need to make. There is obviously some solid evidence that just e-commerce growing overall, that there's going to be more competition. And with Facebook still being the biggest player, CPMs are going to rise. CPMs might rise on TikTok the five cent CPMs like I saw six months ago. That being said, to fight competition, you're going to want to really focus on repeat business. What I mean by that is assume it'll be more costly to acquire a customer. So you're going to want to make more money for each customer you acquire. Your lifetime value, invest in your product, making sure that's something people want to buy again and again. Focusing on email, SMS, these kind of uh, own traffic, things you do post-purchase, really good content that your customers want to consume a lot more. Good example as a marketer is someone like Ezra Firestone. Even if you buy his course, he's always just putting out good content. I just know just because I'm a marketer, video game space, there's a million good content creators, but 
those are the people that if they put out good content, you're going to follow them more and more, even if you don't have anything to buy from them. Once he does want to sell me on something, he has so many free ways to do that. Good content, so much authority already, just because I follow them so much that I'm more likely to convert if Ezra Firestone is trying to sell me or someone who I follow on email for a year. I'm more likely to convert if they ask me to buy something than if I just got some Facebook ad. It's just common sense and start doing that. A lot of people listening, they're Facebook media buyers, learn a little email, learn a little SMS. They're very easy to learn. It's intimidating to learn a new platform. It's not as hard as you think. It's all public information. Another thing kind of going into that, tools are getting much easier to use and they're getting much better. Things like landing pages or upsell funnels, tools like Unbounce and Zipify, they're kind of evolving or they've already, honestly, they've always been pretty easy to use. I think Zipify is now native to Shopify or they're definitely making big updates and Unbounce, I guess maybe I just discovered it late in the game, but it's so shockingly easy to use. Take that step and sign up and try it out. Just try some new tools because these things like landing pages or upsell funnels, you might've been putting off because maybe they're technically weird for you or you think they'll take a lot of time or you're afraid. Just go for it. Try to learn it new. Think about how much your future value would be if you just understand, oh, now I can make a good landing page if I need to, or I can update it if I find a good headline, I'm going to apply it to my landing page. If you know how to do that real quick, you're going to be so much better as a marketer and it's easier than ever to do. If it's more competitive or if you just want to make more money, which is another benefit, you just have to do it. The tools are getting better. I was working with this lady to help with the consulting and I was telling her about Shopify pages. I think it was called Shogun. She's like, oh my God, this is so difficult. We're on a call together. Just try it. Look, they have templates where you can start off with. Two weeks later, oh yeah, I just made 10 pages now. It's so easy. That fear sometimes is much harder than just actually doing it. There's something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. You make a little progress and then you have this deep failure period until kind of J-curve. For a lot of these things, it's almost the opposite. There's a perceived failure, very small in the beginning, but once you figure out, oh, it's actually easy to learn Unbounce, I took that first step. Oh, it's so much easier than I expected. You're going to grow immediately. Maybe there's still a Dunning-Kruger effect down the road of that, but if you're just taking that first step, just being familiar with something, they're a lot easier than you think, especially these tools. They get so easy. A lot of very smart people are making them. I talked to someone who makes these tools. I was very impressed. They sold one startup for millions and they're just chilling, making this other tool. A lot of confidence behind the people making the tools. These people making these tools and software, they want to make it easy for you. They know that it's for the everyday user. It's not like a technical person or a programmer. It's just a different type of mindset. They know that you may not know how to do HTML, CSS. They're going to make it so easy for you so that you can continue using a tool or app. This is kind of a risky one. Not risky, but I guess controversial. So listen, I'm a social media marketer. You probably are too. So there's a new social media platform. It's not for everyone. It is a very controversial platform. It's called Parler. I'm not going to tell you an OnlyFans marketing strategy. And I'm a marketer. I heard this thing, Parler. It's like a Twitter, but it's all conservative people. It's literally like vocally conservative people. There's controversy. Anything political, very controversial. Cambridge Analytica, right? I actually don't know those specific details, but I do know a lot of people who think Twitter, they have gripes with big tech. They want to try Parler. And I don't know how big Parler is, but I made like a throwaway account oh just to god. look. At oh my god, how was it? So it's exactly what you would expect. No. A lot of conservative people on Twitter, of course, there's some conspiracy stuff. It's a lot of extreme political stuff. I'm not talking about politics. I was just looking at like, what is this social media platform? A lot of people are talking about it. Is there a marketing opportunity here? 
I don't know what the advertising thing is like. I saw a few ads. There's ads already here? There are a few ads, promoted posts. I didn't realize there's ads already. I don't know that much about the ad platform, but I do see ads that take a conservative political approach in the ad. There was one that was like a clear mask that covers your face. That's the best thing for this app. Well, it's just a mask and it's clear plastic one instead of a cotton. But the ad they had on Parler for it, a police officer pointing a gun. I guess you can say that's a conservative. And then the ad copy was something protect the community with yeah. a safer way or whatever. I clicked it. Listen, I'm just researching. The landing page has nothing to do with police. You wouldn't know it's conservative by looking at it. It's literally just like a landing page. This is a clear mask. It shows teenagers and people walking around with it. You could advertise this on Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok. Basically, the point is it's kind of a regular brand, but they went to Parler. They put a very political approach to it. You can see the impressions of every post on Parler because I guess it's that transparent. Sometimes it's scary when you see something super extremely posted and you see the number of impressions it got. But I see this ad. This ad got hundreds of thousands of impressions and a lot of people commenting. I mention this because it's such an extreme political thing. People get very excited about it. So I imagine this brand made a killing. So I'm just saying from a marketing standpoint, you can be open-minded, take risk if you can. If you're a small brand, you're not going to get canceled. Obviously, don't do anything unethical or inappropriate if you think it's a risk to just be on a platform. There could be a monetary gain in taking some kind of perceived risk, doing something that other brands might be afraid to do because masks are so competitive right now, and they took a big risk, and they probably made a lot of money. How do you spell Parler? P-A-R-L-E-R. And you can only look at Parler content, I think, with an account. I think what you're saying is really interesting because it's two things. It's obviously if your audience, whatever demographic this app is in, it's great. You have a conservative view, you have a conservative mm -hmm. app, you have survival gear, you know, kind of conservative thing. You're into conspiracy theories. It goes with another thing that we've mentioned in the podcast too is when new networks come out, it's the best time to advertise because it's cheap. Go on there and, and take advantage of that. Stuff like masks for Facebook is really competitive, but one of the first ones on Parler, go ahead and do it. You're just taking advantage of the, the moment. It's cheap. And also they're becoming the brand of Parler. As Parler grows, maybe it grows, it'll be less extreme. It'll just be like Twitter, but different overall opinions. They're going to be a bigger authority on that platform. It's not a dumb business move. Sometimes there's PR constraints to be political in some ways. I mean, that's very real for a lot of brands. But if that's not the case, it's definitely worth a try. And what do you risk? You risk what their CPMs are probably dirt cheap, maybe a few hundred dollars on ad spend to test like any other test. I think that's a great prediction. Yeah. Oh, I think I had another prediction too when you were talking about tools getting easier. You kind of mentioned it a little bit when you were saying how Zipify is like native now. Right now, I still see tools, hey, go to Unbound, go to Shopify, go to Zipify. And then you can like come in and connect it. Tools like Shopify, they're the whole suite of everything. Example of this, Podio, P-O-D-I-O. I'm not familiar immediately, but I can look it up. Platform for content creators to sell courses. It's kind of like Kajabi. What's great about Podio is that you can build landing pages. You can do your email marketing inside of the platform. You can collect the payments. You can do like, mm. anything you need to run your store. Like Shopify, you can do everything in Shopify. That's why for me, stuff like Unbounce is interesting. This is more just retrospective. Unbounce was so early in the game. They never thought, oh, we should integrate shopping or checking out because that's what the platform is used for. Once a commerce transaction happens on your platform, people just want to stay there. For me, at least it's more like tech stuff. Now to have a startup, your startup is to do everything because now people don't just want feature. They want everything combined. If I'm paying 20 bucks, 
Why can't I get email? Why can't I get landing pages? Why can't I get tracking? Why can't I get Facebook? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's really interesting. If a lot of people are listening, they're just thinking about their SaaS ideas. They're marketers and they know SaaS is a good, that is a really good SaaS idea. And if you're thinking about SaaS, your client is in SaaS or you, you have to use that. Our SaaS is the biggest thing now. Think about like all these platforms that do social media posting. They don't just do Facebook. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram stories, Twitter stories, LinkedIn. When you have like a long platform, people just want to do everything in it. Is that all your predictions are? Things that won't change human nature, creative, copywriting. That's pretty much it. All right, guys. Those are our predictions. We will revisit them maybe end of next year or maybe middle of next year. We'll see what came true, what didn't came true, and hopefully think it's better. So thanks, guys. Anything else for our listeners today? Nothing. Eric is nodding his head. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review on iTunes and like, subscribe to us on YouTube. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.